Hi, and welcome to Ask Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three, lead teacher, blogger, and founder of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm also the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. Ask Wardy is the weekly show devoted to answering your niggling questions about traditional cooking. Maybe it's your sourdough starter, your sauerkraut, preserving foods, broth, superfoods, or anything else to do with traditional cooking. You can catch Ask Wardy live each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, or through the podcast and video replays at askwardy.tv. And now, let's get to today's show. Cast iron. You hear all the time about how great it is. And that's true. It is great, but there are three dangers that you should know about so that you can use it safely and healthfully in your kitchen. Hi everyone, welcome to Ask Wardy. Today I'm answering a question from Ruth who wrote in to ask for clarification on some of the warnings she's heard about using cast iron. And so that's what we're discussing today. You can get all the links, notes, transcript, recordings, and more at askwardy.tv. Look for episode 137. Here is Ruth's question. Hello Wardy, I really enjoy listening to your podcast while working around the house. Thanks, Ruth. You have a good combination of food-related topics as well as just good life advice and encouragement. I have a question that I've been thinking about for a bit and was wondering what your thoughts are. In many traditional cooking resources, I have heard that cast iron is a recommended choice of equipment, but I've also heard in a few places that it is not recommended due to the iron that is absorbed by the food. What are your thoughts on this? Is iron released when cooking? Is that a good thing, neutral or negative? Also, what about enameled cast iron? As far as I understand, it is also a good choice. Is that coating more inert than nonstick coatings? Thank you so much for your thoughts. I look forward to hearing them. Ruth. Ruth, thank you so much for your question. Because we're featuring it today on Ask Wardy, you get a free gift, a free mini e-course. Cast iron pans are a staple in our kitchen. We have the best way of seasoning them, and you can get the link to that method at the show notes. And because we season them in such a great way, they essentially have a non-stick surface. So they're great for searing meats, doing eggs that don't stick, casseroles, quiches, they're just absolutely fantastic. However, there are some uses and ways of using cast iron that it makes it not a very good choice. And so that's why on today's Ask Wardy, I'm going to be sharing the three dangers of cast iron that will help you, Ruth, and everyone listening or watching to uh, be wise. Be wise in your use of cast iron so that you can use it in the most healthful way. So danger number one is that cast iron may cause iron toxicity for some individuals. So to answer your question, Ruth, yes, iron does leave the pan and enter your food, sometimes more than others. Now, is this good, neutral, bad? Well, it really depends on who you are. So for children and for menstruating women, it's not really a problem because menstruating women are bleeding regularly and shedding their bodies of iron that's stored in their blood. Children are growing and have more iron needs than an adult. So for them, the iron that comes from a cast iron pan through the cooking process is actually a good source of dietary iron and can help them maintain or even replenish depleted amounts. Now let's talk about women that are post-menopause, which means they're not menstruating anymore, and men. So for these individuals, the iron is in their blood and it's just staying there. (laughs) It's not being lost to regular bleeding such as menstruation. And so for them, iron that is continually added to the food 
um, an excess iron could lead to iron toxicity. And it could be mild to severe iron toxicity. In the early stages, excess iron could lead to fatigue, unexplained weight loss, muscle weakness, loss of sex drive, and other things. Uh, when it gets very severe and you have severe iron toxicity, you may actually look gray and you could develop more serious heart, liver, and blood sugar issues, among other things. So iron toxicity is really nothing to mess with. And so there are very good reasons why men and postmenopausal women um, really don't want the excess iron that comes from cast iron pans. Now, having said that, donating blood is a great way to flush your body of excess iron, and if you feel like you've gotten to the point of iron toxicity, then between you and your doctor, you might consider doing that. Another thing you could do to address the iron leaching into food issue is to look at how you season your pan. And as I said, we have the very best method of seasoning. We're not just layering up um, layers of oil. We're actually using special oil and we're using a very hot oven to bake the oil into the pores of the pan and move it past the smoke point to where it actually changes into a plastic-like surface. Not toxic plastic, but a good surface, and it creates a barrier. And so if you are cooking food and whatnot, I reason that the barrier can actually prevent some of that iron from you know, moving into your food. Now, I'm not gonna guarantee that it's 100% because I actually couldn't find any research to support that. It's just my reasoning process. And so not only will our method of seasoning make using your pan so much more pleasant and make it work, but you can apply that barrier to help you when you're cooking your food. And it's really important to consider the seasoning when you're cooking with acidic foods, which I'm gonna address next. If you're interested in learning how to season your cast iron pan the best way, then follow the links at the show notes because I covered it in a previous Ask Wardy. So go to askwardy.tv, look for episode 137, and you will find a link there to the best way to season your cast iron. Danger number two, cast iron reacts with acidic foods. So acids react with metals, and cast iron is no exception. So anytime you're cooking something acidic like tomatoes in a cast iron pan, you're gonna have a reaction. And this not only gives the, the food a metallic taste, but it gives it an unappetizing gray color. So it's really something you wanna avoid. And there's another reason you wanna avoid it because the acidic food can actually strip the seasoning off your pan. Having said that, the very best chance you have for including acidic ingredients or even making a sauce in a cast iron pan is to use our seasoning method. And that is because it creates a very hard plastic-like but non-toxic barrier, a surface between the food and between the pan so that you get much less of a reaction when cooking acidic foods. And again, you can find a link to our seasoning method at the show notes, askwardy.tv. Look for episode 137. Before I move on to danger number three, let's talk about the question that you're probably all wondering, which is, well, how much iron is transferred into your food from the pan? It's really hard to know this. Um, it depends on the length of time that your food is in, the, is in the pan, the acidity of the food, and how good the seasoning is. So all those factors come into play. More acidic food, longer cooking times, and worse seasoning is gonna ensure that more iron gets into your food. And that could be a good thing for some people. It could be a negative thing for those who don't need any excess iron. And like I said, I've been unable to find any research that proves that a good seasoning prevents 100% of iron um, from entering your food from the pan. 
but because a good seasoning prevents a strong acidic reaction, then I reason that therefore that means less iron potentially could enter your food. But again, I'm just speculating. And so your best chances of optimizing this whole thing is the least amount of time in your pan, the least acidic foods in your pan, and the best seasoning possible. Now, Ruth, you wondered about enamel-coated cast iron, so let's talk about that next with danger number three. People talk about how enamel cast iron, such as this enamel-coated Dutch oven, can make cooking very, very easy, and indeed it is. So if you're cooking on enamel-coated, which is essentially the iron is coated with this enamel, you can have a wonderful nonstick surface for you know, your Dutch ovens and your skillets and your custard dishes and so many more products come like this. And if you wanna avoid iron transference, these people are right. You can avoid the transference of iron into your food when you use enamel-coated cast iron. However, there's another danger, and that is danger number three, which is lead and cadmium exposure and transference into your food via the enamel. Cadmium and lead are both metals, cadmium is a known carcinogen. Lead is a neurotoxin, can lead to brain damage. It settles in your bones in the place of calcium, and this is particularly troubling when a woman is pregnant because the baby that she's growing is at his or her most vulnerable point. And what happens is that the baby draws calcium from the bones, but if the woman's bones are full of lead from cookware or other things, that lead is actually going into the baby. And of course, we don't want that. So it's really important to pay attention to lead and cadmium toxicity and contamination in our cookware and other, other items in our environment. So it's really important to pay attention to metal poisoning and metal contamination such as lead and cadmium. And I'm focusing on that because of those are two really big issues in enameled cast iron. Now I'm gonna talk a little bit about particular kitchen items with, with regard to lead and cadmium, but I can't say everything. And there's a really good site, tamarubin.com. She's lead safe mama, and she has tons of information. She made it her personal mission to research and test and spread information about lead and other metal contamination in our household items from toys to cookware. This is because her son experienced lead poisoning as a young boy and she's just gone on to share a lot of information. So a lot of the information that I've included today comes from her site. I do highly recommend it. So it's ironic, but when people talk about enameled cast iron, they often talk about the Le Creuset brand. This is a lodge pan. So Le Creuset is known around the world as the best enameled cast iron. However, it has lead and cadmium levels that are considered unsafe. On Tamara's site, she tested a Le Creuset mixing bowl and it tested at 40,700 parts per million for lead. This is way above safe levels, which I'll give to you in just a moment. She also tested a Le Creuset yellow enameled cast iron pan, and it tested very high for cadmium, and it also tested fairly high for lead, at least above the safe ingestible levels. So for reference, the safe level of lead for items that are not meant to be ingested for children in the US is 90 parts per million or below. And the safe level of cadmium for items that are not meant to be ingested for children in the US is 40 parts per million or below. However, those numbers I just gave you are for items that are not meant to be ingested. So when we're eating, it only makes sense that the level's actually 
lower than that, right? So let's talk about drinking water. It's generally considered to be safe to ingest if the lead is below 15 parts per billion. Although some people even speculate that safer would be five parts per billion. And before I was talking about parts per million for things that are not meant to be ingested, now I'm talking about parts per billion. So even lower levels when you're talking about ingesting lead. And cadmium is similar. The safe level on things that are gonna be ingested is recommended to be five parts per billion or lower. And really, when you think about it, we don't want any lead or any cadmium in our cookware, right? And that's why since learning this, I really can't recommend any enameled cookware. I have this Lodge Dutch oven and it's cast iron with an enamel coating. And to be honest, I got it before I knew about the lead and cadmium issue. And this inner surface tests at 48 parts per million. The safe level for anything to be ingested is five or 15 parts per billion. So this definitely is over that. However, we're not eating it. So the question is how much lead transfers into the food? You know, that's why I'm on the fence about even recommending anything at all that's enameled cast iron. So while I think this is probably okay, used occasionally as we do, I'm not sure I would recommend it. Again, I didn't know about the lead issue when I bought this. I am happy it's within the limits for items not to be ingested but I do wish it was lower because I prefer no lead, <laughs> no cadmium in my cookware, as I'm sure you agree. All right, so there's the three dangers, and now we come to the end. What is the best cookware? Well, in our household, I mostly use plain old cast iron. I avoid using acidic foods in it. I keep it seasoned really well according to the method I teach. We also use stainless steel, so I diversify, and that is for the men in our household who really don't need additional dietary iron. So everyone needs to make that choice, really. Um, season your cast iron the way we teach so it's as good as it possibly can be. Just avoid using acidic foods in your cast iron. And if you have individuals in your household who should not have excess dietary iron, then diversify. Instead of using cast iron all the time, Diversify and use stainless steel, use glass, etc., so that you're not having, you know, tons of dietary iron entering, entering your food and your dishes on a regular basis. Have some additional information for you at the show notes, askwardy.tv, episode 137. So look for links to how to season your cast iron the best way. It's the method I've been talking about today. Uh, more reasons why we love our cast iron. And finally, if you're looking for used cast iron to save a buck or two when you acquire it, I have an old Know Your Food podcast where I talked about what to look for in used cast iron. Now let me wrap up with an invitation. If you'd like more information on traditional cooking, I have a gift for you. We have 14 plus free eBooks and a free traditional cooking video series waiting for you at tradcookschool.com slash yours free, where yours free is all one word. So come on by and get access, free access, to your virtual bookshelf, traditional cooking bookshelf today. Thanks for joining me, everyone. All the show notes are waiting for you at askwardy.tv. Look for episode 137, and I'll see you again in about a week, same time, same place. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. Here's what to do next. Ask Wardy wouldn't be possible without your questions, so please keep them coming. If you're on Twitter, tweet me at TradCookSchool with your question and use the hashtag AskWardy or send an email to wardy at askwardy.tv. To get the show notes, links mentioned, video replay, or even to catch up on past episodes of AskWardy, go to askwardy.tv. 
To join the fun of the live video recording, be sure to follow me with the handle at TradCookSchool on the Periscope app or go to periscope.tv slash tradcookschool. We record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the Podcasts app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Ask Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to tradcookschool.com slash awitunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested in traditional cooking will find Ask Wardy too. Thanks so much. God bless you. And I'll see you next week.